0: This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Todd Willett, and I'm joined by EPFR's economist, Cameron Brandt. We'll walk you through what our teams were monitoring last week in the data EPFR tracks, as well as what we'll look for in the upcoming week. Cam, good morning. I know you're preparing for a unique Thanksgiving. Uh, What's your favorite dish that's going to be passed around on Thursday?
0: Well, um, actually this year, we won't have my uh, vegan child with me. So uh, some real meat will appear somewhere in the Thanksgiving lineup. Good.
1: So uh, I know this week is really, I think we saw this past week, we saw the great stock market vaccine boost. Um, Is that what you would expect to
0: see in the news? Yes. And I think we, in general, did see that reflected fairly faithfully in the flows. Um, While The influx to equity markets wasn't quite as eye-popping as the previous week. It was still a very healthy, nearly 27 uh, billion net, um, and uh, it went to the places that, uh, for the most part, that are likely to get cracking on the vaccine. Um, I think what did strike me was uh, how much uh Europe was sort of separated out of that uh sort of happy forward looking picture. Um the uh concern that uh they that, that part of the world will um find some way to sort of delay the rollout and will already be kept mired in uh the second l a second leg recession. Um, really seems to have gotten a grip of the uh, certainly mutual fund investing public.
1: So let's focus on this a bit because I know we did we have obviously seen a lot with the emerging markets. Do you think the the inflows we've seen are purely uh, recovery related or? um you know would is the boost we saw again this week related to the vaccine with emerging markets or is it a little different
0: um i think it's a combination uh of people uh still seeing emerging markets as as a corner of sort of the broad asset universe that has some value Uh, and obviously that value is more likely to be realized quickly um, if we go into the new year with two or three credible vaccines starting uh, to be rolled out We actually saw um, flows into Latin America equity funds, which is certainly the emerging markets regions, hit by the hardest with the COVID pandemic. Uh, We saw those flows uh, jump to multi-week highs. Um, That was also driven by the perception that China really has reached escape velocity. Um, Flows to Peru equity funds, which is a, Clearly, a, a major commodity play on Chinese demand uh, soared to, I think, three or four-year highs, um, and uh, you know, so there are some some other forces at work. Um, but there's no doubt that you know, a vaccine takes some enormous pressure off uh, emerging markets that are dependent on uh, tourism, for instance. Um, uh, a fact made uh, very forcefully by uh, one of uh, Jens Nordvig, uh, who heads one of our partner companies that we did a uh, webinar with last week.
1: So I guess I'm I'm a little confused because while we see the optimism in equity markets in emerging markets, we're also seeing money markets continue to attract assets, and I think they're on track really for a full year record. So. What, is this is this consistent? What's what's the narrative there?
0: Well, um, you know, I'm certainly waiting to see if uh, the flows out of U.S. money market funds, which which certainly started in the run up to the election, but have, have, are nowhere near the pace that uh, we saw the money come in at. Um, Uh, I'm I'm, keeping an eye to see when those outflows accelerate and you're right, they haven't. Uh, People seem to find consistent reasons to just hold on to the next clarifying event, uh, be it the the US election, the actual rollout of the vaccines, the new year, etc., etc. Um, and uh, while U.S. money market funds are certainly the the giant in the group, um, we are still seeing, for the most part, uh, positive flows into uh, developed Asian and Europe money market funds. I think in those markets, there's clearly more of a case for <laughs> sort of keeping your powder dry until... Uh, in Japan's case, uh, the new economic policies uh, become clearer and the trade picture uh, is also clarified. And in Europe, obviously, um, with with uh, large swathes of the continent, again, locked down, at least in light fashion, um, it's understandable that uh, people may uh, move back to cash. Uh, The other interesting thing we're seeing while we're talking about money market funds is that um, emerging markets, money market funds uh, are starting to uh, see significant inflows and to, um, I think, sort of reach levels where they're, uh, you know, a significant piece of the uh financial and capital flows uh within that asset class so um as sometimes happens uh, our coverage has reached i think sort of a critical mass there um and people in emerging markets are getting more comfortable with the idea of, of using these vehicles uh to park spare cash so they're on track for a record setting year in terms of inflows as well
1: so to confirm those when we talk about emerging market money market funds those are domestic investors in those individual markets putting money into a money market.
0: Uh, yes by, by by far I mean I, we occasionally I think pick up some money that will come in uh for by uh, a direct foreign investor who puts the money there preparatory to deploying it but for the most part yes domestic. Uh, interest in activity
1: it it does seem um just looking through the numbers for this past week, I think two things uh, and maybe they're smaller s- stories mm. uh you did point out there were outflows from balanced or multi asset funds it looked like that was the only uh, major asset class or or fund grouping to see outflows. Um, on the other hand, we saw inflows to both equities and bonds as well as money market as we just talked about, what do you think we're seeing those balanced funds lose assets?
0: Um, so I think we're seeing the balanced funds lose assets for the same reason that we've tended to see, uh, more outflows than you would expect given market conditions from, uh, us equity funds. And that is that, uh. Um, they are one of the preferred vehicles for um, retiree savings, um, and it's no secret that we're heading into the golden years of the baby boom generation, uh, especially in the U.S., but also Europe. Um, so uh, even when they're performing quite well uh, and a growing uh, amount of cashing out is going on as these retirees start to tap their savings. Um, I would also say that uh, they weren't actually the only fixed income group to see outflows last week. The the other one, and in some ways the more striking, was that inflation protected bond funds finally saw a significant outflow, nearly a billion dollars. Um, And it does seem that this week marked uh, something of a capitulation uh, in the idea that um, the policy mix that we're seeing allied to the conditions on the ground, which have sort of really pinched supply chains and cut uh, China, the cheap workshop of the world, off from uh, many of its uh, traditional markets to greater or lesser degrees, uh, is going to add up to uh, a sharp jump in inflation. Uh, there's still sort of a, a very credible case to be made that somewhere down the road, um, that mixture will have a real effect on prices, but uh, it really looked this week like a lot of people threw in the towel on that theme, uh, and that was backed up by pretty significant redemptions from gold and silver funds as well. So I know another
1: uh, theme we've been tracking all year, and I'm guessing that this group is on track for a full year flow record as well. Are those socially responsible investing or environmental, environmental social governance funds (ESG SRI)? Um, is is that? Do you think it's fair to say that we are on track for a flow record there, and is that momentum for 2021?
0: Um, absolutely. Um... We, you know, if we stop counting today, they would all already be deep into sort of full-year record territory. So I think there's very little chance uh, that uh, that will change. In some ways, the more significant stories, in certainly in flow terms for that particular thematic grouping, uh, is that uh, this has been a, uh, the year where. Uh, Bond funds with uh, SRI ESG mandates have really seen inflows take off uh, and ditto for emerging markets equity funds. Um, And the emerging markets uh, takeoff is interesting because it does seem to be uh, accelerating, especially in the emerging Asian context uh which is in keeping with some of the general narrative about what a, a Biden administration might or might not do here. Uh there's certainly one of the storylines is that um uh green criteria will shape uh the Biden administration's uh trade policies, um and <laughs> which is obviously a, is a mixed blessing for China with all of its uh, coal plants. Um, And I think that uh, it certainly occurred to a decent number of investors that uh, getting some of their money into uh, emerging markets funds with these mandates uh, is a smart move until they see how things actually play out.
1: So, Cam, over this short Thanksgiving (laughs) U.S. week, uh, what are you and the team going to be looking at?
0: um we're uh, going to be actually spending a bit of time looking at uh, uh foreign exchange trends uh, we have this new uh foreign exchange allocations data set that we're familiarizing ourselves with and uh, of course uh the fact that turkey has just to some degree capitulated to orthodox policy making uh, is is an interesting uh note uh in the cacophony about uh fx trends um so we will be uh fairly focused on that this week and then we are getting to the point where a lot of the questions coming in are you know, end of year what's ahead uh type of asks so we're sort of pulling together our thoughts on that.
1: And I saw this week on our, or this past week on our Quants Corner, uh, you can see that on our website or on LinkedIn, uh, we did take a look at the pattern of the flows this year. Can you explain a little bit what that Quants Corner illustrates or what it's attempting to show?
0: Yes, yeah, so, uh, and I'll, I'll preface it by saying that uh, it's, it's a little bit lighter than uh, and less quantitative than many of our quants corners, uh, but it it takes it basically takes a look at a relative flows to uh, dedicated uh, country and asset fund uh, asset class fund groups year to date, um, cataloging them as as flows of as a percentage of assets under management to uh, to sort of roughly equalize. The differences in the underlying asset bases, and, and then, you know, ranking them uh, both by flows and collective performance. Um, you know, the, the the one that struck me there was uh, the, the former Czechoslovakia, where the uh, Czech Republic is is very near the top of some metrics, and the Slovak Republic is very near the bottom. Um, So in some ways, it's sort of a a setting the scene piece. It it, uh, gives uh, some basic snapshots of of what the numbers are telling us. And uh, in a subsequent corner before the end of the year, uh, we'll dig into those a little more analytically. Great. Thank
1: you, Cam. And have a great Thanksgiving. And we'll talk to you next Monday.
0: Yeah, you too. Cheers.
1: As always, you can find EPFR on LinkedIn and on Twitter at EPFR. To sign up to receive our EPFR daily exchange research we spoke about here, you can visit financialintelligence.informa.com. For questions or to suggest a topic for an upcoming podcast, you can email Podcast at informa.com.